But this time, if you can, will let's stand together as Miss Sheila comes to share with us in our scripture this morning, found over in Revelations chapter 3, beginning with verse 15. All right. <clears throat> Revelations three, fifteen through 16. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. It says, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit on you out. I am, ba- I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As we look here at this scripture in Revelations, lukewarm Christians. I believe that as a society today, that we need more Christians that are on fire for God. Amen? People that are going to stand for what is what? What is right. People that are willing to take a stand and say to themselves, if it's God's will, and if it is in God's word, that is what I believe. Amen? We need that. We need more of Christians that say, I am on fire for God. I am going to do it God's way. And no matter how difficult it may be i believe we all can agree this morning it's getting harder and harder to be a christian it's getting harder and harder to stand for what you believe in it's getting harder and harder for folks to say this is what i believe and no matter what i am going to stick to that by the glory of god because a lot of folks instead of having that i'm on fire for god that i know he's a chain breaker that I know my God can do anything and everything, that my God is there for me. Instead of taking that road that sometimes can be rough, can be difficult, there's a lot of folks that go the other direction, aren't they? They, are, they just are sort of cold to God. They're letting the world dictate their lives. They're letting the world dictate their family. They're letting the world dictate what is right and what is Wrong, And we've seen in our society today that how so many folks have fallen victim to that, haven't they? If you don't stand for the popular thing, then something's wrong with you. Why in the world would you disagree with some of these terrible things that are going on in the world today? Sheila and I, I used to love watching TV in the evenings and relaxing a little bit after getting home from a day of work, which I don't have to worry about that right now, which is pretty nice. But getting home and relaxing and watching TV. And, and by, I remember back in the days, remember when we had happy days? Any of y'all remember that? You, you had shows on TV that you didn't have to worry about what was going to help happen in the next couple of minutes. Because, you know, some of those shows had good what? Morals and ethics and things that just made you feel better about about the world and how situated. I always thought it was pretty cool how that they could fix a situation in 30 minutes, didn't you all? How that out of the blue, somehow that that would be done. And she and I used to watch certain shows and she'd say, I wonder if they're going to make it. And I would say, honey, they got to because they're going to come home back next week and he's the star, but everything's going to be okay. But now we're at home and I almost feel like I've got to keep my finger on the off button, Right? Because it's just commonplace to see things on TV at 7 o'clock at night at prime time that is contrary to the will of God. Amen? But there's a whole lot of folks say, well, society likes it. 
Society likes to see those things. Society has sort of made our mind into, well, it's okay. Don't rock the boat. Don't make any big splash. Don't allow people to look at you and say, I can't believe that you don't agree with those type of things. So a lot of folks, not on fire for God, we're not completely cold, but we're just sort of lukewarm. When I think about being lukewarm, you know what I think? Is I think about it, us being a Christian when it's easy. When it's, when it's something that we say to ourselves, I believe it's not going to be too rough or too tough, but I'm going to jump on that bandwagon. You all know that I'm a Cincinnati Reds baseball fan. And they used to have, I would hear people say when the Reds were winning that you're just fair weather uh, fans. You know what that means? When they were winning, they had all kinds of fans. When they were losing, nobody was there. Well, sometimes we're like that as Christians, aren't we? When we think, well, this ain't going to be too tough. I'm going to join in with them Christians. I'm going to join in with them and I'm going to stand for what is right and I'm going to pray and I'm going to read my Bibles and I'm going to do everything I can to glorify God and I'm going to do all of those things. But when it gets rough, those lukewarm Christians, what happens? Don't say a word. They started slipping away and saying to themselves, well, I want to be a good Christian, but, you know, I just don't want to hurt anybody's what? Anybody's feelings. I, I don't want them to look at me and say, what do they think? Do they think they're God? I don't want to have anybody to, to feel that way. As a Christian, I believe we need to live for God no matter how hard it is, right? Or how difficult it is. We need to stand for God and, and not put ourselves in front, not to cause us just to want to be the person everybody sees. When I used to be on radio, I would have people that would come up to me. You know, when you're on radio, people always told me that I had a face for radio. You know what that was? <laughs> Couldn't see me, right? Didn't, didn't know what I looked like. And I'd have people come up to me at certain places, and Sheila would be with me, and they'd say, you don't look like I thought you would. And I, I always had to have a follow-up question. You don't know what that was? What did you think I was going to look like? Well, people had all kinds of different things to, to say about that. As a Christian, we should be able to say, it's okay if people don't see me if I'm doing God's work, right? It's okay if, if I'm doing my very best for God and somebody else gets the glory, but I'm doing my very best for it. I am doing what God wants me to do. And what God wants me to be. I'm not lukewarm. I'm going to stand no matter what it is. What God shares with me, what God tells me, is what I'm going to do. Now, the scripture says there's something going to happen if you stay in that lukewarm. And we've all, we grew up hearing that I'm going to, what, spew you out of my mouth in the interpretation this morning in the Bible, it said, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. What does that say to us? Well, basically, God says, there's no place for you. There's definitely no place for you if you're just a cold Christian, right? Just not. There's just no place for you. And you definitely know for sure if you're a cold person, 
that heaven is not your home. Amen? It's not. You're not living the way God wants you to live. You're not doing things the way that God wants you to be. When you're that lukewarm Christian, I've been around a lot of people like that. They know you when it's just them and you and them. They'll talk to you in certain situations. They'll talk to you when they think they're going to gain something by talking to you. But there's some folks, you can talk to them and you think they're your very best friend. And you'll see them 15 minutes later and they won't have a word to say to you. That's sort of lukewarm, Christian, and being a friend, isn't it? Some folks are like that in their life. And Christ says, there is no place for that. There's no place for you in heaven. There's no place there when you cannot stand for what God wants. So today we all want to be what? Hot for God. We want to be on fire for God. And we want to live that each and every day of our lives. In sermons before, I've had you stand on certain days that you were saved. Remember that? Happened on a Monday, happened on a Wednesday. Well, if you're like me, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit right now with my memory. So I might stand on the wrong day. So we're not going to do that this morning. But I believe something. The day that you were saved was a great day. Amen. The day that you were saved, you were on what? On fire for Christ. You wasn't weak. You wasn't cold. You wasn't lukewarm. But you were on fire for Christ. Remember when we've done this for years here at this church, and every church that I've been a part of, when you are saved and you stand up and you tell folks or I tell folks on your behalf that you are saved, we have people that come by and do what? Shake your hand. Tell them how happy they are for you and how much it means to them to see you turning your heart in Christ over to Jesus Christ. And we say to ourselves on that day, boy, this is great. I have new friends. I have people that love me. I have people that support me. In Sunday school, we're sort of going along a little bit with this sermon this morning about what do we do after how do we continue on? Well, I can tell you in Sunday school, there's some really good things that you need to be here to listen to and some really good discussions taking place in Sunday school. And what I'm going to preach the rest of today about is not in Sunday school, okay? But what do you do? I believe that the day you are saved is a very important day. Amen? But you know what? The day after you're saved is an important day. And a week later is what? An important day. A year later is an important day. And it's an important day until the time Christ calls you home. That's a wonderful day, isn't it? To know that. So we have to be on fire not only for Christ today that we are what? Saved. We have to be on fire for Christ each and every day of our lives. When we are saved... It is simply the beginning of our Christian journey. It's a long haul. I heard Laurie say this morning some things that are going on there and I, with their family. But you know what? We all have that, don't we? We all have those ups and downs and twists and, and turns in our walk. And some folks say, well, they don't look like they do. They look like everything's perfect. They don't have anything going wrong in their life. Well, let me tell you, if you're breathing, you're going to have situations. 
you're going to have difficulties. Now, what happens a lot of times in those difficulties is I've always found out something. You're, you're sort of d- dealing with that situation, but what, what, what happens is sometimes you get a situation that goes above that, right? Which makes you what? Not worry as much about the others. I remember when I was down in the hospital. I don't want to laugh about this. This is very serious. But I remember being down at the hospital. And Sheila was in the room with me. And the doctor came in. And he looked at me and he said, You have to have a heart transplant. And I said, What if I don't? And he looked at me and he says, You're going to die. Guess what? I wasn't worried about the electric bill anymore. I wasn't worried about anything else because what? Heart transplant, it trumped everything. Folks, same with your life, isn't it? You get some things in your life. We, we worry and let the devil drain us so much because we allow so many little things to what? To control us. And it, it takes away our joy. It takes away our energy. In our lives. We need to to realize something. As a Christian, we grow from those. If everything was just a bed of roses, can you believe uh, believe that? Adam and Eve didn't grow at all when they were in the the garden and everything was great, did they? They had everything they needed. They had no problems. They they weren't worried about being close to God because they had everything, right? But when they made a mistake and they started hiding from Christ... And knowing what they did was wrong. They realized the importance of listening to Christ. Being the person that Christ wanted them to be. As a Christian today, we need to move forward. We don't need to backslide. Do y'all remember that? You ever heard that word backslide before? What's it mean? I remember as a little boy going to church on Sunday morning. And my dad would preach on backslide. Now we... Remember, we talked about this in Sunday school too. You're going to realize how much you're missing for not coming to Sunday school, okay? When we, we talked about in Sunday school how sometimes we just drift back into situations. When I was a young boy, and when sometimes as Christians we don't understand all those words, first time I heard backsliding, what, what would you think if you never heard a preacher talk about backsliding before? What would you think that word would mean? I just thought it meant I fell backwards and started sliding, right? Slid down a hill. I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. Backslide. What, what does that mean? And I got in the car. It's always, this Randy can agree with me. You know, there's a lot of rough things in being a preacher's kid, right? But it's also nice to when you get in the car and you're on your way home, you can look at your, the preacher and, and your daddy and you can say, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by backsliding? What's that mean? We're going to go home and backslide today, daddy? We're going to... Get on the hill behind the house and slide all over the place. And I asked Dad what that was. And Dad, you know, explained it. Y'all had to know my dad. Well, Dad loved Sheila. I be, she became the best child I became. I don't know what I became when Sheila, Sheila came along. But Dad, in his own way, started to explain to me what backsliding was. And basically what Dad said to, to me was, you're going farther and farther away from God. You're just sort of slipping away. You see that a lot today, don't you? You see people, you know, miss one Sunday at church. And then they miss the second Sunday at church. 
And most of you probably agree with me on this. And it's just something that the preacher's always done and he'll continue to do. If you miss three Sundays in a row, you're going to get a call. You're going to get a call. You're going to get a text. You're going to get something. You know why? Because now it's a routine. And you're starting to what? Backslide. You're starting to allow those other things to be more important to you than God. That's what backsliding is all about. That's when you start drifting away from God and allowing those things to control you. And it's easy to do, isn't it? It's, it's easy for Sunday just to become any other day. We were talking last Sunday. You know, we have, when we, praise be to God, it's not like this today. I'm proud of y'all. But most of the time we have better attendance when it's gloomy outside or when it's raining. You know why? Nowhere else to go. Let's just go to church. Let's, let's go to church this morning, right? When it's beautiful, there's all kinds of other things to do. That's the old devil saying, oh, you don't need to go. Just look what else we can do from that hour. Look what, look, look what else we can, can happen. Backsliding slowly but surely in Webster's Dictionary says backsliding. To slide backwards in morals or religious things and becoming less victorious in living for God. What's that say? We're becoming less and less of a Christian. We're becoming what? What's that word? We're neither cold nor hot. We're lukewarm. We're still, somebody asked you, are you a Christian? Yes, I am. Oh, yes, preacher, I'm still a Christian. What are you doing with your Christianity? Well, I don't know. But I'm a Christian. And my my name's down on a membership down in somewhere. I had a guy that when I was a young, young preacher, that's been a while, but he came to church one Sunday and he'd been there for a while and I talked to him and he came to the altar and he prayed. And he said so on and so forth. And one Sunday I made that big step that I've made with a lot of you all before. And I said, would you like to join our church? It'd be an honor for you to join our church. And he looked at me and he said, no. Nope. And I said, okay. That's what, basically what I say. I don't think I've ever you know, took a hammer and said, you all got to get down there at that altar and you've got to be saved and you've got to join the church and you've got to do all these other things. I just said, okay. And he said, you want to know why? And I said, well, sure, if you want to share it. He says, I carry my membership in my pocket. I said, okay. Well, you know, I believe membership should mean more to you than that. Amen? Membership means that you are a what? Part of that church. That you love that church. As Christians, we need that. We, we, we need to know what it is to be saved. We need to know what baptism is all about. We need that. But how do we not get to a point where we're just drifting away? First of all, I believe, let God say something to you every day. Let God say something to you every day. Now, when Sheila's gone to work, a lot of times... Well, I talk to a lot of folks during the day, but, you know, it's, it's something different when you talk to somebody face-to-face, isn't it? You know, I, there's been days that when I've been at the, uh, our house or on my computer working on church Sunday, Sunday school, or, or sermons or whatever that may be, I haven't talked to anybody all day long. And Sheila comes home, and 
And when I open my mouth, it don't sound right. Because it's just not, you know, I'm not used to sharing words. It's been quiet. Can y'all believe that? I can be quiet for six or seven hours in a day's time. But so often, I forget there is somebody I can talk to all the time, isn't there? I can talk to him quietly. I can talk to him out loud. Because I know that he is always there for me. Remember, let God say something to you every day. We face some things that's very difficult. So often God is talking to us and we're just not listening. We're just not listening. Donna was talking a little bit about that this morning. I've, I've had conversations with Sheila. And, and I, you know, I learned in my classes at Lindsay Wilson College being a becoming a social worker or a counselor in human services, that when you are listening to somebody, it's very important for you to make eye what? Contact. And the way that you, your body is tells you if they're listening or not listening. I've become, I've become pretty good at uh, acting like I'm listening, and I'm not at all, you know. The lights are on, but what? Nobody's home. You're just... You're just sort of there. And it works a lot of times. You know, it, it, it does. It's, it's okay, you know. She'll be telling me some great things and, or I'll be watching different things. The only problem is it's when you get caught, right? At the end of those conversations, when you've been sitting there listening, right? Making that good eye contact. You haven't been folding your arms. Haven't been doing it. You've been listening. At the end of that conversation, when... That significant other person in your life or that other person that's took time to believe that you would listen to them and give them good advice. At the end of that conversation, they look at you and say, what do you think? You don't have a clue. (laughs) Now, as a preacher, I've learned pretty good how to, and she looked at me, I can sort of roll with it for a little bit. Then all of a sudden, she'll look at me and say, you didn't hear a word I said, did you? You didn't hear a word I said. And then you had to come clean, right? There's just no other way. You ever think God thinks the same thing about us? He's talking to you all the time. All day long. When you're facing these things in your life, as a hot, warm Christian on fire for God, that means that when God is speaking to you, you're what? You're listening. And you're not only listening, listening, but you are doing God's will. You are doing what He asks you to do. You're being the Christian that He wants you to be. Without question. Without question. You listen to God before anybody else. But if you're a cold Christian, not listen to Him at all. I've told you all before, but my dad had hearing aids. And he had them both ears. And dad, dad's biggest problem was is they, those things would squeal all over the place. And they'd squeal when daddy didn't want them to squeal. And I'd see him over there adjusting those things and trying to get them turned down. But it was always amazing when my mom and my dad would have conversations. You don't call them arguments, right? They're conversations. And I would hear my, see my dad over there trying to adjust... Just those things. Because my mama, she could get a little excited. And, you know, she, keep, she, could, she could say certain things, you know, that would get under your nerves. And, 
And I would see Dad turn them down, and she would look at him and go, Edward, turn those hearing aids back up. You're going to listen to what I have to say. How many times do you think God wants to say that to us? Turn them back up. Listen to me. Know that I am talking to you each and every day. This past week, yeah, I think it was Tuesday night, Monday or Tuesday night, when the bad storms came through and the winds was blowing, we, we lost electricity down on Reese Hurt Road. And normally on Reese Hurt Road, it takes them a while uh, to come out and fix the electricity. So I thought, well, that was going to be no problem. I looked at Sheila and I said, let's go pull the generator out. First thing she says is, you can't pull the generator out. I said, well, we'll do it together. She said, okay. So we go out, we pull the generator out, and get it out there where it needs to be. I hook it up, turn the electric off like they taught me how to do it. Getting ready to do it. I look in there, and it's got a little, about a fourth of a tank of gas. So I think, oh, we're going to be okay. I fire it up, and it runs great for about three or four minutes. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> won't hit another lick. I crank it a couple of times. The whole time she was back there going, you're not supposed to be doing that. You're not supposed to. I said, well, let me try it one more time. Then we decided we didn't have no gas. So I get my gas cans, put them in the truck. We drive into to Edmonton, get my gas. Well, that wasn't no big problem. I just bought me some new tars for my 2000 Chevrolet S10 that gets about 26 miles a gallon compared to my big diesel truck that you don't want to know what it gets, and you don't want to know how much it charged, how much it costs to fill it up. So I've been driving my little truck everywhere, all over the place. So I get my gas, come back out. One of my tar that I just bought about a week ago. I look at it, and it's going, shh. I look at Sheila, and I said, honey, tar's going down. She said, well, get the bobs. So I said, oh, okay. So we go down to Bob's, being the old person that I am. I, some of the stuff that comes out of my mouth anymore, it just didn't do come out of my mouth when I was younger. I get in there and I say, now, is there any road hazard warranty on these tars I just got? And the guy looked at me and he says, did you buy any? And I said, no. I was just, you know, just wondering if there's any road hazard on these tars that I just bought. And he said, no, there's not. So we had to get our tar and pay another. You all know how much tars are now? They went up in that four months that I was down somewhere else and got all. So we got our tar. And Sheila started looking at me. She knows when the blood pressure's going up. And she knows when the heart rate's going up. And you know who else knows that? God knows that, doesn't he? He knows it. He knows it. He knows it. And I was okay. And I was. Said a little prayer to God. Sheila said a little prayer. We drove home. And, and my wonderful neighbors, Kevin would have been there, but he was probably in Mississippi somewhere on the, in the truck. But Doug and Conrad came down. We were going to get that generator started, and they started pulling on it. And I put my gas in there, and it would not hit a lick. Come to find out, we had major other problems. We got that fixed the next day up in Dockwood Town. But isn't it amazing how that, God's talking to God was talking to me all night. Just calm down. It's gonna be okay. We'll get this taken care of. Just listen to me. But still, even a guy that's went through what we've been through, still a guy like me was like, "Oh, I'll do it. Well, I'll figure it out myself, God. I'll get this worked out myself, God." And the whole time, God's saying, 
Listen to me. Listen to me. Do you like it when somebody ignores you when you call them? Or when they call you? Do you, do you like it? No, you don't. Well, how do you think God feels? He's calling you all the time. And He's saying, this is what I need from you to stay, to be that hot Christian, to be that Christian that's on far from me. This is what I need from you. This is what I need. And so often we just hit what? That ignore button. Or we send it straight to what? Voicemail. And we never listen because we don't want to know what God had to say. So, to not start to backslide, we need to listen to God. Next, you know what else? Pretty simple. Y'all, y'all know how my sermons are. And I need to, I've been going a long time here. You know how my sermons are? They're a little simple. We need to know that and listen to God when He talks to us. You know what we need to do? It's a simple point, isn't it? We need to talk to God. We need to talk to God. We need to say to God, God, this is me. You know, I think prayers are so great, don't you all? And, you know, there's one thing that I don't think I've ever done in my ministry. Now, you may be able to look back when I was a young preacher somewhere. You'll never see me go over and say, let's pray together. And I pull out a sheet and we start reading from there. I've just never done that. I believe prayer is a time that you're just, what? Talking to God. Say, God, this is what's going on in my life. This is what I'm struggling with. God, help me. And not only do you talk to God about your own problems. What are you doing? You're talking to God about everybody else's, your family, your church, our society. People say, I don't know what's going on over in Ukraine. I don't know what that guy over in Russia thinks he's doing. I don't know why he's put the price of gas through the roof. I don't know all of these things. Well, guess what? Not too many people do. But you can still pray about it. You can still turn it over to God. You said, God, this is heavy. I don't know what to do. You know, Kevin sent me a picture the other day he filled up his now he drives a big semi how much was it kevin two thousand dollars to fill up that truck two say it with two thousand that's heavy that's heavy isn't it what do you do with that thank god kevin don't have to pay it but his owners of that truck has to pay what are they doing i think as christians we can't control that can't control what's going on over there. We can't control. Sometimes you can't control what's going on down the street. Sometimes you can't control. Are you ready for this? And you're going to say amen. Sometimes you can't even control what's going on in your family. Amen? But guess what? You can pray to God about it. And you can listen to God. And you can say every day, God, I'm going to ask your help. And not only am I going to ask for your help, but I am going to take what you give me and I am going to use it every day. So we need to allow God to talk to us. We also need to allow God to hear us. And also, we need to work on our relationships and strive forward and do God's will and say something about God to someone else every day. How many of you today 
know somebody that needs to be saved. Know anybody? I know quite a few folks that need to be saved. Now, there's some of them nobody talks to. Too rough. Just too rough. And they say certain words that you don't like to hear. And they downgrade you. And they downgrade God. And they downgrade the people around about you. I like what Brother Charles Turner said this morning. In Sunday school, he's talking about some different things there. And he says, you know, the best way for young Christians to see, I'm paraphrasing what Brother Charles said, but the best way for young Christians to learn how to be a Christian is to see how you walk and how you do things in your life. How they see basically your testimony. How they see how you handle certain things. I believe that to be true. I believe when you say that you're a Christian, people are watching you a little stronger, aren't they? People are watching you a little stronger and say, that's where you get that, I just love that statement. Well, I could be just as much a hypocrite at home as the people that go down to that church because I know what they do during the week. Well, guess what? Don't let somebody else that you think are a hypocrite keep you out of heaven, right? Because that's what? Their choice, not your choice. That's their choice. Your choice is what? If you're going to be in heaven someday. So today, talk to somebody about Christ. Tell them about Christ. Share with them about Jesus. When I, one of the good things about being down at Vanderbilt is you never had the same doctor. You never had the same nurses. You, I've, I've never had the same person do my catheterizations before. Never. So every time, there's, this is the question they always ask. When the doctors, the nurses, the, whoever it is, they always ask this question. What do you do for a living? What do you do? Well, I always say, well, I'm a social worker. And they go, well, bless your heart. I don't know how anybody could do that job. No, I don't know. Just don't know how anybody can do it. I said, well, we're making it. I said, but I've got another job too. They said, what is it? I said, I'm a preacher. I preach and I tell them about y'all that we're down in Mount Hermon and they always look and go, where's that at? And I go, well, that's in Monroe County. Where's that at? It's, you know, and so on and so forth. But it always opens up a door. And I get some of the most interesting questions with a needle stuck in my neck. And a tube down going down to my heart. They ask me certain things. Well, this caused me not to be in heaven. What, what, how do I, I've got a friend of mine that needs help. What, what do I do? What, how, do I, how do I deal with all those type of things? And you might say, well, but Paul, that's, that's not nice. Why would they be asking you things like that when you're in that situation? Let me tell you what. If God didn't want them to ask, then they wouldn't. But God wanted them to ask. And being a Christian, I need to be willing to what? Answer. Because I know, you think, well, well they're talking to you and they've got a needle and they've got that tube and they're doing all those. I, I know, but you know who else has God in their hands? It's God. God in their hands. So if God wants me to talk to them, then I'll be okay. You know somebody today that needs to be talked to. You, you do. Now don't say, oh, now, preacher, I don't think I do. You do. 
You know somebody that needs Christ in their heart and their life. You know that. And I promise you something that you'll say. I hear people say, well, the next time I have an opportunity, I'll talk to them. You ever heard anybody say We even say it. I said it. The next time I have an opportunity, I'll talk to them. Guess what? God's going to give you that opportunity. And you may miss one, you may miss two. He's going to give you another opportunity. But after a while, he's going to say, no, you're not going to receive the blessing. I'm going to give somebody else the opportunity. And there's been times, and I'm sure you've heard it in your your families as well. You go to the funeral home or you go through a tragic event and somebody says, I wish I could have talked to them one more time. But God gave you the opportunity. Today, God's going to give you the opportunity, isn't he? God's going to give you the opportunity not to backslide, but be on fire for him. And today, he's going to give you a chance to talk to somebody. So today, please don't be cold. Just don't show up. I had a guy when I first started preaching, he, when I, was, I, I told the doctors, I'm going to be good for another week or two, and then we're going to break out. And I'm going to be out there with you and different things. But I had a, had a guy, because I always enjoyed shaking everybody's hand. I had a guy that in my first church, I'd put my hand out to shake his hand, and I'd get this sort of wet horse rag. Y'all ever got those before? It's just, just sort of, you know, you, you, just there. You don't feel nothing. You don't know what that means, you know. So I decided, you know how I am. I decided when he stretched my, my hand out and he put his hand out, I go hold it for just a minute and shake his hand. Now it took me a while, quite a long while, but it finally he started getting the understanding. I'm gonna shake his hand a little stronger because I'm not cold. I'm not. I want those those type of things. Folks, shows us how far we are for God, doesn't it? To be strong and say to ourselves, I'm going to be that witness. I'm not going to backslide. I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to talk to God. And I'm going to do my very best to share it with others. Maybe today is the day that you say, well, preacher, I've been a Christian for years. All right, let's talk about that for just one second. How do you think you're doing in that category of cold, lukewarm, or hot, where are you at? Where are you at? Are you hot? Wonderful. Wonderful. I promise you, promise you, none of us are as hot as we should be. So you need to grow on that a little bit, don't you? Maybe you're saying, well, preacher, I've drifted away. I'm a little cold. Well, that's okay. You can fix that. You can fix that. Just like Sheila when it's cold at the house. She can fix that. Now, you, you might get a little hot within the next five minutes or so, but you can turn the thermostat at. God wants to do that in your life, doesn't he? he? He don't want you just to say, well, I go to church, and I go down there to Bethlehem, and that's about what I do. That's, that's it. God wants you to be on fire for him. God wants you to testify. God wants you to grow stronger. Today, you can. And please don't be lukewarm. Where you just don't know. You don't know if you're a hot Christian or a cold Christian. You just know that you don't want to do a whole lot, but you'll do some sometimes. Listen to that call of God. Today, 
Whatever you need to pray about, we invite you to come as we have our closing song.